0: Welcome back everybody. Today we are here with my top 30 small forwards in the NBA here in the 23rd episode of the Just Ballin' Podcast. My name is Matthew Geis and I hope you guys did enjoy the top 30 point guard rankings and the top 30 shooting guard rankings that I've uploaded in these last two weeks. Today we are doing the small forward position which might be the best position when it comes to top tier talent but then it kind of drops off when you get out of kind of the top half of the top 30 so yeah today we are going to be doing the top 30 small forwards. so just two clarifications before we get into this I did classify Luka Doncic as a guard so he won't be on this list and Giannis is a power forward so don't be alarmed if you don't hear um, those guys' names. So yeah, Tier 1, I, uh, before I guess I get into Tier 1, I did have 6 tiers. The first 5 tiers were all fairly small, 5 guys or less for all those tiers. And then Tier 6 was a big tier, it had 14 players in it, so we'll get to that obviously later. And then I had um, a couple Audible mentions, I had 5 Audible mentions. Uh, so we'll get into Tier 1, where I had a 1A, 1B, like the Shooting Guards with Luka and Harden, I had a 1A... LeBron James, 1B, Kawhi Leonard. So this was my tier one of small forwards, and from LeBron, he kind of obviously we thought maybe we would see a decline. He had his first major injury of his career last year with the groin injury, came back, wasn't really trying on defense, season ended early, Lakers didn't make the playoffs, and obviously Kawhi had a completely different season as he brought the Raptors to a two-seed while using some load management beat the Magic in five, then ended up beating the uh, Sixers in seven, Bucks in six, and then ended up beating the Warriors in the NBA Finals and brought a title to Toronto and was the most important player on that team was the Finals MVP. So you do have a perfect, perfect reasoning for having Kawhi Leonard at one completely and i'd be okay with that i just had them as a 1a 1b because it was just really hard to split the hairs between the two just because what lebron has done for the last eight years before last year and he's still playing at a high production this year um and the lakers are the one seed in the western conference so it's not like he is declining from last year he brought back what we saw from older ron just a year prior from the 2008 Uh, 7 18 19 season and Kawhi Leonard has has, took that year off obviously he was um, Injured for the Spurs and then ended up getting traded to Toronto and in his first year there won them an NBA championship so Kawhi Leonard also this year has looked a little bit better on defense honestly than he did from last year His mid-range is still one of the best in basketball He gets to that spot so easily and his shot is so deadly there and LeBron has definitely improved his defense this year from last year. So I think it's a perfectly good uh, reasoning. And it's definitely, I think, re- like reasonable to have a 1A, 1B here just because of how close they are. You can have LeBron at one, quiet at two, or quiet at one, LeBron at two. That's fine with me. I just did them as a 1A, 1B because I want to show respect to both those players as being the top small forward in the NBA. So that is my tier one, LeBron and Quiet. So tier two, uh, number three overall player is Paul George. Now, Paul George was a top three MVP candidate last year. He looked phenomenal in the first 60-70% of the season. Then, obviously, he got the shoulder injury, missed some time. Then, in the playoffs, he did not look very good in the first round against Portland. And then, this year, he did miss the first uh, couple games or first couple weeks of the season uh, for the Clippers. But, um, excuse me, Paul George is still a phenomenal player. He's still a great three-point shooter. He's still a great offensive scorer on pretty much all- aspects getting to the rim going in transition shooting from mid-range and from three and on defense his perimeter defense is still one of the best in basketball it looks i think a little bit worse this year from last year when he was fully healthy but maybe that's due to the shoulder maybe lingering him but I still think he's an overall top 10 player in the NBA, all around top five small forward. Here, I have him at number three, and the Clippers, really good this year. He's the second best player on that team. Obviously, that team is really good overall, but still, he's been on a good team pretty much almost every year of his career, either he was on the Pacers, the Thunder, the Clippers. So, I have Paul George at number three, and this is Going into let's say like next season or just right now so let's say kevin durant was fully healthy he's gonna come in at number four for me now the reason i don't have kevin durant higher than number four higher in front of paul george is because i don't know what KD's gonna look like because we don't know how he's gonna come back from the achilles tear because guys like demarcus cousins i know it's a completely different player didn't really come back the same from it kobe bryant didn't really come back the same from it so it is scary to see or to, yeah, possibly see what Katie's going to come back. He's going to go into his age 32 season next year, as he is 31 right now. He'll be 32 around the start of next year's season. So it is scary, yeah. You can't be like, Katie's going to come back to normal and be perfectly confident in that. I just feel like there is some uncertainty in there that Kevin Durant will come back to where he used to be. But, It's still Kevin Durant. Before he got hurt, he was arguably the best player in basketball. So, I've been at number four, and that is my tier two. So, my tier one is 1A LeBron, 1B Kawhi. You could say 1A, Kawhi, 1B, LeBron, and then Tier 2 is 3, Paul George, and then 4, Kevin Durant. So I do have four guys in my Tier 3. To start off my Tier 3, number 5 is Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler is a very interesting player when you want to determine can he be the number one player on a championship team, as the Miami Heat have definitely overachieved a little bit this year, but... With good coaching and a good constructed roster, they're doing what some people did expect. Now, Jimmy Baller, not a good three-point shooter whatsoever. Shooting below 30% this year. Hasn't really been a great three-point shooter for his career. His offensive field goal percentage also isn't spectacular, but he does get to the line a lot. He gets there around seven, eight times a night this year. He's fantastic at getting to the rim no denying that his defense still really good his on-ball perimeter defense or it's just on-ball defense in general is still one of the best in basketball he's lengthy he's quick he's strong he's smart on that side of the ball and i've been at number five just because what we've seen from the past from butler and the guys the three guys behind him in this tier three as i have four guys kind of have been playing at an elite or a high uh level of play as of late or in the last couple years jimmy baller has been sustaining a high level of play for the last five or so years so I have Jimmy Butler here at number five. Number six is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton honestly should be an All-NBA player this year. I definitely think he deserves some credit to be on All-NBA third team. I personally put him in it was a debate between him and another guy we'll get to in my next spot. But yeah, Chris Middleton has been phenomenal this year. He was once in the 50-40-90 club for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's just amazing at getting to the rim, shooting the three ball. And yeah, so if the season ended today, he would actually be in the 50-40-90 club because it would round up. He's at a 49.9 field goal percentage, 41.8 three-point percentage, and a 90.8 free throw percentage so he would end with 50 42 91 splits that's incredible having a 21.4 per seven and a half win shares scoring over 21 points a game on the best team in the nba and a historic team at that so you have to give chris middleton some love this is the best season we've seen um from him by far he did have a really good 2017-18 after kind of diminishing in production a little bit last year three point percentage went up field goal percentage went down but this year he's having a career year fresh off that new contract extension where he got the max last offseason and he did struggle to start the year a lot of people were like "Uh uh-oh you, you sure you want to give Chris Middleton 30 mil a year? Now you're locked into that five year deal until he's 33 years old, but it's looking like it was definitely worth it this year as he has been phenomenal for the bucks He's still a solid defender. I haven't been at number six. So the last two guys here are someone from the 2017 draft class and somebody from the 2016 draft class. So number seven is my most improved player this year, and that is Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum has blossomed this year. uh He had a really good rookie year. As we all know, he helped the Celtics go to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Definitely a step back in his sophomore year. A lot of people I'll still I'll still beat this horse that that um people were like Kyle Kuzma is better than Jason Tatum. So if he was in that conversation, you know, you know he definitely diminished in value to some people. And then this year, he was an all-star. He probably will be on an all-NBA team, third team. If not, he'll be a very close honorable mention. And he has blossomed into this amazing two-way player. His defense, in my opinion, has taken such a big step this year that he's going to be in that Paul George, Jimmy Butler territory of that two-way eliteness in a year or two maybe even next year his offense game or his offensive game has also been phenomenal this year as his spot-up threes his pull-up threes his especially his pull-up threes have been phenomenal shooting a high percentage at that a career-high 24 points per game this year uh 45 from the field 40 percent from three and he is 81 percent from the line His still his, his percentage at the rim still isn't great you want that to get better but tatum has been phenomenal he's got his two shooting to be average for about the first time in or since his rookie year year he's like i said an above average defensive player arguably he's getting into that really good elite tier i think and he has the highest usage of his career his usage went up and his obviously production went up and that's good to see and jason tatum is only 21 years old so he's my number seven small forward at 21 that is really incredible so uh that was the player from the 2017 draft like i said it'll be a debate between pretty much butler middleton and tatum for that i think third um, all nba team forward spot because for the first team you obviously will have lebron and Giannis. second team you'll have kawhi and siakam and then the third team will be interesting to see who makes it between butler middleton tatum maybe paul george will get some love we'll see and then the guy i will mention next and that is my last guy in tier three the number eight guy overall for me and that is brandon ingram so my number eight guy ingram might be your most improved player this year. And that is that is perfectly fine. He probably will win the award. I, I It was really close to pick between Ingram and Tatum. And I might end up going Ingram when I kind of look back on it and kind of realize that he might have had the greatest shooting percentage jump in NBA history. So his field goal percentage actually went down. He didn't play as well as when uh, Zion came back. But his three-point percentage went from 33% on two-point attempts a game to 39% on 6.3 attempts per game. His free throw percentage went up from sixty eight percent on five point six attempts per game to eighty nine percent, or excuse me, eighty six percent on six attempts a night, and he went from eighteen point three points per game to twenty four point three points per game. So, in a higher role, in the biggest usage or the highest usage we have seen in Ingram's career at a twenty eight percent. The previous highest was last year at a twenty three percent. We are seeing that he could be a really good NBA player. His defense, I would say, is pretty average. It could be leaning towards that good. Instead of like poor, which obviously you want to see, he's still only 22 years old. His mid-range scoring has been phenomenal this year, which is really impressive because it just wasn't that good last year. And we were like, okay, like, I don't know if he'll be that good because from mid-range this year, he shot 44%, which was is kind of like one of the best percentages in basketball up there with Chris Paul up there with Kawhi Leonard and yeah he's just been a phenomenal player in catching two threes and pull up threes in transition he played a little bit better I would say before Zion came back from injury but still he's one of the best small forwards in the NBA and I have him in at my number eight spot so that wraps out my tier three my tier one was 1A LeBron 1B Kawhi my tier two was Paul George and Kevin Durant and my tier three is Jimmy Butler at five Chris Middleton at six Jason Tatum at seven, Brandon Ingram at eight. Now let's get into my tier four where I have three players. So my number nine small forward in the NBA to start tier four is DeMar DeRozan of the San Antonio Spurs. Now for the last seven years, DeMar DeRozan has been a 20 plus point per game scorer for the Raptors for five years and then for the Spurs for two years in those last seven, and he has obviously been a phenomenal offensive player. There was a stretch this year where he he was averaging around 28 points per game for like his recent 15 games or his recent 17 games. He has had his highs this year, but when you have a player in this day and age that won't take more than one three a night, and he's shooting 27% on 0.5 attempts, it's just hard to it's just hard to rank him any higher. He had a career high 3.6 attempts for Toronto, the his final year there, and shot 31% there. And you thought he was maybe going in the right direction. It was going to take around four or five in San Antonio, but you know Popovich doesn't let his players shoot the three until this year, where Aldridge did take a couple more threes. Uh, but DeRozan just hasn't been really. Just ahead of the curve in that um, aspect. He hasn't kind of lived up and to what today's day and age is where you should probably take five or six threes a night especially if you're a top 30 offensive player in the NBA um, on the wing especially and DeMar DeRozan just hasn't lived up to that and he has been fine this year he's averaged 22 points five and a half rebounds five and a half assists which is really nice to see his defense I wouldn't say he's poor but it's not good so it's kind of in the middle I would say it's a little bit below average but it's not like he's a complete liability on defense and his offense is still really good but you have to construct the system around him, where it's just isolation, mid-range scoring, and him getting to the rim, you're not really setting up floppy sets on the three, uh, dribble handoffs, pick and rolls on the three for uh, DeRozan, where you can kind of set up a three ball for him, and it's just really a shame because he really isn't going to reach, I think, his full potential, as he was once a 27 point per game score for Toronto in 2016-17, and he didn't take any threes a night, he took less than two uh, threes a night and was 26% from um that range there and it just sucks to see what we could see a full offseason of training he takes five threes a night he could be a close to 30 point per game scorer consistently if he maybe decided to take threes i don't know why he uh, hasn't and we kind of seen that can you really win winter rosen as your best player not looking like it. he was the best pra- player in toronto for most of his time there and they never got to the nba finals they got to the eastern conference finals i believe once Uh, And then they lost to Cleveland uh, in six. But yeah, besides that, in San Antonio, they lost in round one last year. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. So it's hard to rank DeRozan in that tier three if we're not going to see any improvement on defense or from shooting the three ball. Uh, So the player behind him, so that is number 10, is Tobias Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers. So Tobias Harris definitely struggled to start off this year. But he ended the season with basically what he's been doing for the last Five years, uh, for or about last four years, I would say he's been on so many teams in his career, like the Sixers, Clippers, Detroit, Milwaukee, Orlando. That's five teams, that's a lot, but yeah, uh, he has been. I think really consistent for the last four or five years. Uh, this year he's going to end close to 20 points per game, shooting 47% from the field, 36 from three on five attempts, and shooting 81% from the line on about three attempts a night. Like DeRozan, he's not this stellar defender, but he's not a liability on that side of the ball. He's not super great in transition but in the half court, he's a really solid player. He's definitely like a secondary scorer for a good team, like a three or four option. Like last year for the Sixers, he was mainly the three or four option. I mean, with the ball in his hands, probably the three uh, behind Embiid and Butler. This year, you could say he might be the two behind Embiid if you don't really want the ball in Simmons' hands when the game is on the line, but he's still, I think, a really consistent player, and I don't want to diminish his value just because his contract went up. Obviously, he would be people in people's eyes. He would be a lot better of a player if he was making fifteen million a year, thirteen million a year. But now he's making thirty million a year. People want to say maybe he's not as good, but he's basically been putting up what he's been doing for the last four years. When people said he was the most underrated player in the NBA, I don't believe that anymore. But I still think he's a really good player. He's a top ten small forward, and I have him in at number ten. So to wrap out tier four. Pretty much everybody we have mentioned has been a phenomenal offensive player, or at least a really good offensive player. This player is better on the defensive side of the ball than he is on the offensive side of the ball. And you guys might know, he's one of my favorite players to use in 2K, and that is Roko, Robert Covington. He's my 11th best small forward. So, uh, he, played, he has played in Philly, he has played in Houston to start off his career, then he went to Minnesota after Philly, and now he's back in Houston as they gave up a first-round pick and Clint Capella to get him, and he is still a really good, versatile player in the NBA. He's a solid three-point percentage shooter. He's shot career 36% and has scored about 11 points per game for his career um, in his six, seven years, and it's mainly his offense is solid. He's a guy you would be okay with taking a three. Open three, yes. When it's contested, eh, you'd probably rather give it a Harden or maybe Eric Gordon, but he's still really solid on the offensive side of the ball. He's not a negative there, and he's a good scorer there. He's not great at the rim, but he's a good free-throw shooter, good three-point percentage shooter. It's what you want from him. He shoots pretty above average from two though so you know he's a pretty good score um actually he's probably better than what i say when he's um a good scorer at the rim but rocco's defense is phenomenal still he's 29 years old and he's literally like a free safety out there especially for the houston rockets now people say his help defense is better than his on ball defense and i could personally get behind that but i think his on ball defense is still really really good and it's better than i think some of these players behind him on the offensive side of the game because this player behind him you might be like oh he's better um and he'll start out tier five and that's perfectly fine you can say that I just think I don't want to diminish Robert Covington in these rankings just because he's maybe not a 20 point per game scorer but his defense is elite still he's really good in the passing lanes I think he's one of the best at that getting his hands on the ball and just kind of he's guarding centers this year he's literally guarding centers this year Um, him and PJ Tucker have been kind of switching off with the fours and fives there uh, in Houston I think he's done a phenomenal uh, job there in Houston in a really hard role Um, especially where he's playing 32-plus minutes a night there, guarding all five positions at some point. So, yeah, I think Robert Covington is a really good small forward, and I think I want to value his defense a little bit higher than some other people will. So, I've him as my 11th best small forward, and that wraps out Tier 4. So, Tier 3, to remind you, Jimmy Butler at 5, Middleton at 6, Tatum at 7, Ingram at 8, and then Tier 4 was three players, DeRozan at 9, Tobias at 10, 11 is Robert Covington. So, Tier 5, I do have five players in that tier and to start out tier five at number 12 is kelly Oubre of the phoenix suns now kelly Oubre has played um his first couple years in his career in washington came over in a really weird trade just because washington didn't want to have to pay him in free agency or just i guess get something for him and they traded uh kelly Oubre for trevor Ariza, which you really didn't get i mean in washington he only averaged eight points per game there In his first four years, and then once he got to Phoenix, he's been averaging 18 points per game, which is really, really good. So, um, yeah, in his two years in Phoenix, he's averaged eight or a year and a half, I should say, 96 games. He started 67 of them. He has shot 45 from the field, 34 from three, 77 from the line, and he's been averaging about six rebounds and 18 points per game. He's a really good offensive player. He's good at getting to the rim. I would say, if we're gonna talk about his shooting, it's solid. He is shooting 35 from three this year, which is a career high. And he's also taking a career high in attempts at five and a half. His usage rate is also at a career high or um, it's a career high for a full season at 22%. Last year when he played half a season in Phoenix, it was at 25%. But he's showing that he could be a really good player on a below average team. We still have yet to see him if he could be a really good player on a good team. I wouldn't say his defense is anything special. But, like the previous two players, DeRozan and Harris, he's not a liability. Like I said, he's really good at getting to the rim, and I just don't know if he could be a really good player on a top 15 team in the NBA. We kind of saw if the Suns in the beginning of the year were going to make the playoffs. But, obviously, they kind of um, came back down to earth after their really hot start. So, I want to see if Kelly Oubre can be a one or two or three, not a one, but probably a two or three on a good team. Or is he more of like a four or five on a good team or three, four, five on a good team? So yeah, he starts out my tier five. The player behind him was traded this year from the New York Knicks to the LA Clippers. And that is Marcus Morris. Now Marcus Morris had a really weird 2019 offseason. He originally got this three year 40, 45 five million dollar deal from the Clippers, turned that down apparently and then went to the Spurs, signed a two year 10 million dollar deal there which seems like criminally like he was underpaid or it was two year 20 mil and then he backed out of that which people thought was a scumbag move and took the knicks one year 50 million dollar deal kind of a risk but it paid off he had a really good season with the knicks and the clippers traded for him gave up a first round pick for him and then are probably going to reset him in the offseason as for the knicks this year he averaged about 20 points per game and he did end up shooting 44 from three on 6.1 attempts a night which is incredible and the previous seasons he was a better three percent percentage as the previous year in Boston, he shot 38%, and the year before that, he shot 37%. So people are like, "Oh, maybe he's actually a pretty good three-point shooter, and he's a pretty solid defender. Let's actually value him as a pretty good two-way player, a three-and-D forward who plays with a high motor, he plays intense, and let's give up a first-round pick for him." And the best team are going to be the best team in the NBA, the Clippers. Um, they're obviously in that top tier. They gave up an asset for him, so it shows how valuable Marcus Morris is to some NBA teams. As he's my 13th ranked small forward. Like I said, pretty good defender pretty good offensive player. It's just the reason I wouldn't have him higher as you might think, oh, a guy that was averaging 20 points per game and shooting 44% from 3 and playing pretty solid defense is because I do think he does shoot a lot more than he is uh he should. He did take 15 attempts a night in New York and shot 44% from the field and he did shoot 44% on twos, which is below average. And I think he is a ball stopper. I think when the game's on the line, he likes to take the shot and in LA, you saw a little bit of it. When you want to give the ball to Paul George, you want to give the ball to Kawhi Leonard, you'd probably rather have the ball in Lou Williams' hands. But Marcus Morris is the guy that's like, in his mind, he's the best player on the floor, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you should probably know when it's your time to shoot, especially when you know you're not the best player on that team. Maybe Marcus Morris thinks he's the best player on that team, but pretty much everybody else knows that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are two players you'd rather have the ball in their hands when the game is on the line, not Marcus Morris. So maybe that is a knock on him when he kind of is a little ball dominant. He is a ball stopper so I have him in at number 13. A player that was probably a lot lower last year, but came back this year. Um, he had his rehab year last year and has played a lot better this year. He's going to come in at number 14 for me, and that is Gordon Hayward. So Gordon Hayward's 2018-19 season was definitely forgettable, but this year he's got up six points per game. He's got up from 47 from the field to 50 from the field, up from 33 from three to 39 percent from three, which is great Um, in 3.2 attempts to 4.2 attempts, and he's up in assists. He's up in rebounds. He's Up in minutes per game, which you love to see. Gordon Hayward's kind of, he's back to kind of old Gordon Hayward. He's not obviously the number one scoring option, scoring 21 a game, but 17 a game being arguably their best offensive playmaker you know what? It's really nice to see him back to normal. So he had his highest usage rate um, since the 2016-17 season, his last year in Utah um, at 21%. His true shooting was really good this year at 59%. That is his second career high, or it's the second highest in his career, I should say. And it's nice to see Gordon Hayward back to kind of what we saw before, that gruesome injury on the first night of the season in the 2017-18 year. So yeah, he missed all of that year. Last year was his rehab year. He did look very rusty for most of the year in his 72 games. I don't think the fit with Kyrie was all that good to begin with, and this year, he's showing that he's playing great around Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and it's really nice to see Gordon Hayward back to being a really good NBA player, and he's my 14th best small forward. So coming in at number 15, I would say he's a pretty underrated player in the NBA, and that is TJ Warren. The Suns in the offseason basically gave him up for free. They also attached a second-round pick to give, um, give him up, just I guess so they can have the cap space to sign Ricky Rubio. But for the Pacers this year. He's averaged 19 points per game, and he is doing that on pretty good efficiency, 53 from the field, 38 from three. Over his last three years, so his last two years in Phoenix and his first year in Indiana, he's averaging 19 points a game, shooting 37 from three, 51 from the field, about four and a half rebounds a night, 79 from the line. He's a really good offensive player, and I don't, he's not a negative player either. He's Really good with the ball in his hands. I wouldn't say he's like a number one or a number two on a good team. But the Pacers are a good team. And honestly... He might have been their second best scorer this year, maybe behind Demonta Sabonis. Um, And then I would say maybe better than Malcolm Brogdon. And the Pacers were good, and that's without Oladipo. Um, So yeah, his usage has been around 22% for the last two years. Uh, He did have his career high in 2017-18, and this year was his second highest in his career. But yeah, I think he's a really good player. His mid-range is really good from 10 to 16 feet. He shoots about 50% from there. And from long twos, he's shooting about 44%. So, yeah, and and that was this past season. So, I think that TJ Warren is very underrated. So, to wrap out Tier 5 is a player that you might be like, oh, he should be maybe a little bit lower. So, at number 16 I have is Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah, Wiggins is an interesting player. He's definitely had this season is definitely his best season he has had in a while. Obviously, he kind of peaked in 2016-17 so far in his career, but for Minnesota this year, he was a little bit of a comeback player, I would say. I would say it was super good. In um, Golden State, it got a little bit better, definitely, at least percentage-wise. Uh, his true shooting um, started to go up in his career. Uh, in 2016-17, it was kind of plateauing, um, or reaching that peak, I should say, and then it started to go down again, but this year, it was back up to arguably his career high. It was It was his career high um, in Golden State at 54%. And it's a good sign. I mean, he's still only 24 years old. The defensive potential is definitely there and he had his highest PR for the uh, Wizards, not the Wizards, excuse me, the Warriors this year in those 12 games. Only played 400 minutes for them, but if that's kind of what we're going to see for him, obviously he's going to play with better shooters next year. When Clay comes back and he only played a little bit with Curry and maybe Draymond will just give a shit next year. Um, hopefully he will because the Warriors are going to obviously try to go back to the finals and they'll have a top five draft pick. I think Wiggins is still heading in the right direction. He's still only 24 years old. He's played six years in the NBA. And I think he's still learning. I think he needs that right coaching system. I think he needs to get his motor in the right direction and his determination and his drive. And I think he could do that in Golden State. So that wraps out my tier five. So my tier five is 12 Kelly Oubre, 13 Marcus Morris, 14 Gordon Hayward, 15 TJ Warren, and 16 Andrew Wiggins. So my tier six, I won't talk about um, each one of these players too much as I do have 14 players here but i'll kind of give like a one-liner on why maybe i have them in tier six and also this is such a huge tier You could say you're my 30th guy here in this tier is should be number 17. That is okay with me I think all these players are pretty close together in their own right So to start off tier six so number 17 is eric gordon now eric gordon did start out this year not as good as people would like to off that new contract extension he couldn't get traded then he got hurt but he came back and I still say what Eric Gordon has done over these last couple years being a really good three-point percentage shooter and has just kind of been what you would want from him on that side of the ball he's getting up there in age as he's 31 he'll be around 32 to start next year's season but he's just been a consistent three-point percentage shooter throughout his whole career this year it was a little bit down, and maybe I would have him a little bit higher, but I have him here at number 17. And if you want to consider him as a shooting guard, that's also fine. I just have him as a small forward. So on 18 is a player that some people thought maybe could win most improved player this year, or just be in that combo. And that's OG and Anobi. OG and Anobi started off the season shooting fantastic from three. And the dude is also a fantastic defender on ball in my eyes. I think he's one of the better perimeter defenders under the age of 23 years old. I mean, he did also shoot 38 from three this year. Which is a career high. Had a career high in points, rebounds, assists, steals, field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. So he has improved a lot this year. Moving on to 19 is Will Barton of the Denver Nuggets. Like Eric recorded, Will Barton has been pretty consistent over the last couple of years of his NBA career. Over his eight-year career, um, he's been around 11 points per game throughout. Um, his career, but you know, his first three years, he really didn't do much in Portland, but his year's endeavor has been really solid. He's 29 years old. He averaged about 15 points per game this year. He did shoot 38 from three on five attempts. He was probably their third best offensive player this year behind Jokic and Murray, and I have him been at number 19. So moving over to 20. So these next two players are kind of three-point percentage shooters, or three-point shooters. I don't know why I keep saying three-point percentage, but they're known for their, their behind the behind the arc shooting, and that's why you kind of have him on your team, so first one is Joe Ingles, but Joe Ingles is actually kind of a point forward and better than that, right, Uh, he does run some of the Jazz offense, especially um, if he comes off the bench, where he played half his games this year, or just a little bit under half his games this year, and yeah, so, I mean, he's been around 10 points per game for the last three years, but his three-point percentage has been really solid, 44% in 2017-18, 39% in 2018-19, and then, uh, 40% in 2019-20 and a player who has the same name as him and kind of does the same things as him uh, but not as good of a defender as Joe Ingles and that is Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets who is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA he led the league in three-point percentage last year at 47% on five attempts a night and this year on 5.9 attempts a night from three He's shooting 41%. He'll come in at number 21. A player at 22, rarely played this year, but I still think he's a really solid player at the small forward position, and that is Otto Porter of the Chicago Bulls. He only played 14 games this year. He wasn't fantastic. I mean, he actually shot the ball pretty well in those games, but only played 23 minutes a night. But in the previous years, he did play really solid. And when he got traded to Chicago last year in the 15 games he played for them, he shot 48 from the field. 49 from three and average 18 points a game. So I think he's heading in the right direction there. Number 23 is a player. His offense will probably come around, especially his three-point shooting, but he's a rookie this year, and that is Matisse Stiebel, who's already one of the better defensive players in the NBA. Um, You might classify him as a shooting guard. I just have him as a small forward, just kind of uh, his size and who he guards, but that's perfectly fine if you call him a shooting guard. Uh, another player here at 24, another jazz player is Royce O'Neal. Really good defender, solid two-point shooter, a little bit of that 3D action. He'll come in at 24. A player at 25 is definitely dropping and might not even hit my top 30 next year, and that is Andre Ukudawa. I'm thankful no team gave up a first-round pick for him. You might value Justice Winslow as a first-round pick, uh, but yeah, I-, I just didn't think he was really worth it. I knew his production was dropping, and I was like, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's not really anything on the offensive end, and he really had the four so spaced out for him in golden state i just didn't think he was going to be that good of an offensive player for the heat and he really hasn't been but you know he's been respectable on d and coming in at number 26 is the player that was traded for him and that is justice Winslow would have him higher, but the back injury has just kind of keep him out, and I really don't know what we're going to see from him when he returns, and he's kind of played all different positions, he's kind of been more of a point forward, and he was really good in 2018-19 uh, when we kind of saw point justice, and he just rarely has played this year, unfortunately, due to concussion, and due to his back injury. So, number 28 is a rookie, the second rookie on this list, and that is Kevin Porter Jr., of the Cleveland Cavaliers who was the 30th overall pick in the NBA draft, the last first round pick, and he's been really good this year for the uh Cavs. Played 50 games, started 3 of them. He dropped in the draft um rankings due to his uh him getting suspended from USC and leaving them early. He averaged about 10 points a game this year, three rebounds, 44 from the field and 34 from three. And I think he's a really solid player for the Cavs so far. Uh, last two players here number 29 is Glenn Robinson. The third of the Philadelphia 76ers like Royce O'Neal, a little bit of that three and D action. And at number 30 is Derek Jones Jr. Like the third player, the fourth player we have mentioned on the Miami heat here, the third behind Butler and Andre Iguodala, and Jay Crowder. Um, did I mention Jay Crowder was at 26? Uh, sorry, I might have went over that, now I'm kind of contradicting myself, but yeah, Iguodala was 25, Jay Crowder 26 of the Memphis Grizzlies, but now of the Miami Heat, uh, so that is the third Miami small forward we mentioned, 27 Winslow, 28 Kevin Porter Jr., 29 Glenn Robinson third, and 30 is my fourth Miami Heat small forward on this list, and that is Derrick Jones Jr., who's just athletic, a freak on that side um just with his body he's a really good inside scorer i wouldn't say his like his defense i would say is actually above average just because of how athletic he is there and i think he's a pretty solid on-ball defender and his shooting isn't really good but you know i think he's gonna get a pretty nice payday as a restricted uh free agent this summer actually he might be unrestricted so yeah that is actually my top 30 small forwards i'll go through them pretty quickly here um just in case you forgot so tier one one A LeBron, one b Kawhi. tier two number 3, Paul George, number 4, Kevin Durant, tier 3, number 5, Jimmy Butler, number 6, Chris Middleton, number 7, Jason Tatum, number 8, Brandon Ingram, tier 4, number 9, DeMar DeRozan, 10, Tobias Harris, 11, Robert Covington, tier 5, 12, Kelly Oubre, 13, Marcus Morris, 14, Gordon Hayward, 15, TJ Warren, and 16, Andrew Wiggins, and tier 6 was a 14-player tier, 17, Eric Gordon, 18, OG Anobi, 19, Will Barden, 20, Joe Ingles, 21, Joe Harris, 22, Otto Porter, 23, Matisse Stiebel, 24, Royce O'Neal, 25, Andre Ugudala, 26, Jay Crowder, 27, Justice Winslow, 28, Kevin Porter Jr., 29, Glenn Robinson III, and 30, Derrick Jones Jr. I also did have five honorable mentions, Doug McDermott, Miles Bridges, Rhonda Hollis Jefferson, Jetty Osman, and Michael Porter jr so yeah that is gonna wrap out my top 30 small forwards in the nba i hope you guys did enjoy the listen here if you're on youtube spotify or apple pod if you are an apple pod i would, would really appreciate a rating and review those do mean a lot to me. Spotify, if you could just hit that follow button, and on YouTube if you could drop a like, and obviously there you can kind of comment what you agree with, what you disagree with over there. So yeah, thank you all for listening. We've done point guards, shooting guards, and small forwards now. The next one will obviously be power forwards, then we'll do centers, and then we'll do the top 30 players in the NBA, which will be a fun one. So yeah, thank you all for listening. I love you guys, and I'll see you guys in episode 24 for my top 30 power forwards. Peace, guys.